you've entered the Houston Running Zone, the ultimate podcast for runners in the Houston area, featuring the everyday runners who inspire us, clubs, gear, races, and runcations. Houston, we've got the runs. All right. Today in the zone, I have the author of People of Memorial Park Stories from Houston's Favorite Trail. She's also part of a world record team and an active Houston runner. Welcome to the zone, Stacey Holden. Hi, Thank you for having me. All right. Excellent. Well, I want to get right into it. For those of you who don't know, the book is a big collection of interviews and stories of people who run or have run Memorial Park. Now to put this together, it's not easy. I've put together a lot of books, never had to do a big book like this with interviews of a lot of different people. What made you decide to publish this book? Uh, it started in 2010. I was visiting my in-laws in Austin and they had a book on their coffee table called Every Town Needs a Trail. And it was very similar to people in Memorial Park. It had stories of people who run or exercise at Town Lakes Trail. And so as soon as I saw that book in 2010, I said, I need to do this for Memorial Park. Just like many people who run at the park, I have nicknames for the people who you see often, who you don't know their names. Had constantly been referring to Mystery Man and Tarzan and the Bikini Lady. Um, And so when I saw that book in 2010, I just immediately said, I need to do this. And I started talking about it uh, when I write my book. And so... Uh, my family started rolling their eyes and just making jokes about it, like, yeah, whatever. So finally, in 2015, uh, I went to the park one morning in July, saw the man, Mystery Man, who um, I didn't know his name. And when I got home, I text Mark and said, my husband, Mark, and said, I saw Mystery Man again today. And I also saw a blue dog. There was someone who had a dog dyed blue. And so he just immediately replied and said, another page for your book, just um, being sarcastic, of course. And finally said, I'm going to do it. I didn't want my girls to hear me talk about something and then never try it. And I just didn't want to, I wanted to prove that I could do it. Reached out to the girl who published the Every Town Needs a Trail book and said, I feel like I'm copying your idea. Is this okay? And so she was very supportive, said, absolutely, go for it. I'm happy to help you with anything you have um, or anything you need. Um, and so that's how it started. I uh, made a list of people who I wanted to meet and just started tracking them down. I didn't know anything about writing a book. I had a background in finance and business. And so just something that uh, I had said I was going to do. And when I was finally challenged enough, I said, all right, I'm going to do it. Yeah, those kids will do it to you. Family pressure. Yep. Yep. <laughs> well, I think this should kind of be required reading. It's not a hard read. It's just easy stories all about their background. And that's why I love writing because there's such a variety. Now, was there anybody that said, oh, well, that you want to interview? So, well, I'm not a runner. or I used to be a runner or I'm not that interesting. Did you ever run into that? Absolutely. And uh, still, even today, I uh, have continued the work through weekly posts on social media. And so very often I'll have people who say, uh, my story's not that interesting, or I'm not as fast as some of the people who I've featured in the past. Uh, But I think everyone has a story. And uh, even if uh, it's not to you, the most interesting story in the world, 
I feel like uh, through this experience, I have realized that regardless of the background of any person I interview, I have something in common with every single person, if not many things in common. And so I have loved that just about this project is hopefully um, the stories have highlighted how much we do have in common um, as individuals and um, as a community of runners, especially. And so uh, I always try and encourage people if they say, no, I, you need to interview someone else. I'm not that interesting. No, I want to know your story. You're important. Oh, super cool. Well, I, I know you live within the loop now in Memorial Parks, you know, right off I-10 and everything, but you used to travel, what, 45 minutes just to get to the park when you lived over by the bay? You just felt that's your comfort zone or you know, what made you decide to do that every single day or most, most of your work days, I should most say. Uh, it started in 2000, uh, I'm sorry, in 1988, when I first started running at the park, we were living in Deer Park um, when I was in middle school or junior high, as we used to call it, and uh, just fell in love with the park, felt like I could run faster there, um, even as a teenager. And so I would ask my parents or my grandparents to drive me to the park from Deer Park when we lived down there. Uh, my junior year of high school, we moved down to Galveston. And so quite often uh, I would drive from Galveston to the park uh, to run. Um, my first two years of college, I went to UTSA in San Antonio. And so anytime I was driving back and forth from San Antonio, I always included a stop at the park. Um, and then uh, ended up my ended up graduating from University of Houston. And we ran there often uh, when I was at U of H. Um, and then uh, my First job out of college, I worked for NASA for eight years. And so uh, even though we were living in the Clear Lake area, my husband and I, I woke up almost every morning and would drive out there, um, get my run in and then take a shower. I would try to be done by six when the showers opened so that I could hop in the shower at the tennis center and then drive back and get back to JSC by 730 or so. Anyway, I just love it. My friends are there. Um it's a great way to start your mornings. You show up for work and you say, I did 10 miles this morning. Um, anyway, the community especially, uh, and many people tell you this, there's something about being there makes you want to run farther, faster um, than you ever would just on your own, around your own neighborhood. Oh, wow. Well, speaking of runners, I just want to go through a couple of them that, that really stood out to me. Um, I know you've, you continue to, to interview more, but there was Mary Davis and she was talking about how she has a running boyfriend. And I yes. laugh because I have a running wife, which my okay. wife nicknamed yeah. her. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll joke you know, like brother and sister, but I think you, I, I think you just create friendships that normally you, because maybe you're in different fields professionally, or I've seen, I've seen best friends being created just within my running club, which is amazing. Like, you know, they're made of honor at her wedding. I mean, that was really cool. I've seen people bond over running. You have George Bush in there as well. Mm -hmm. um, how did you get that story? So I went to uh, his office, which used to be right there on Woodway and uh, just east of Chimney Rock and um, left a letter there saying, this is what I'm doing. Uh, and then I also reached out to the George Bush library. Um, so they, as far as I understand, um, all the photos that they have cataloged are from while he was president. And so anything he did before or after his presidency is not included there. 
Um, so I, I reached out to a sweet lady who's in charge of all the photos. And so she sent me, I said, do you have any pictures of him running at Memorial Park? And she sent me over a hundred pictures um, and they're on a uh, film. And so I, I <laughs> Uh, PDF, several pages of PDF uh, with film, uh, several rows of film on each page. Each picture had a number on it, and then it had where the pictures were taken and um, anything else for her to catalog it. Uh, anyway, wow. taken, you know, who knows, countless hours to, and, and there were so many of them of him at the park. I just can't imagine, you know, for the four years he was president, how many thousands or millions of pictures there must be. Um, he sent me the pictures that I included. And then um, shortly after I dropped the letter off, I received a letter in the mail from him uh, with the, just what he said that just reproduced the letter, which said basically it's one of his favorite places in the world, um, that uh, it's a source of pride for Houston. But I also, that's one of the things I love about the park is you have the president of the free world running there with his entourage, of course. Yes. <laughs> uh, you have uh, Peter, the homeless man, sitting on the bench, you know, and you have everyone in between. And so uh, just a great melting pot for the diversity we have here in Houston. I don't do politics and I'm not political, but to me, him and him and Barbara were just like the ambassador for the city. I go to an Astros game. I'd see them behind home plate. I go to a Texans game. They're in the owner suite. It's, you know, it's, it's all about bringing people together. Rodeo, saw him at the rodeo several times. Yeah. And uh, you know, your comment about um, your running wife and this is the French letter <laughs> made. Um, there are several people who uh, have gotten married who met out at the park. I know several uh, couples who have gotten married who've been out there. Um, but you're right, there's something about running shoulder to shoulder, not looking someone in the eye that you just kind of end up spilling your guts to <laughs> whomever you're running next to. Uh, or I, I, I do. Anyway, so it's uh, not as intimidating, I guess, to be shoulder to shoulder next to someone. And especially if you're with him or her for an hour or two a day, uh, <laughs> a great way to develop uh, sweet friendships. And I, I have seen it personally and then through the people I've met for sure. Yeah. Maybe we let our guard down and we're not thinking because we're trying to break a split. I don't know. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Well, here was one that I, that I thought was really cool was uh, slim thug. And I originally found out about him through runner's world videos or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. You had, he wanted to change his lifestyle and he's always, I mean, I, I follow social media. Some of his social media is extremely positive nuggets, but he's out there. I know he's in Cyprus. Now he's in Paraland. And he, he travels to Memorial park. I mean, how did you get that story? He's one of those people you probably, if you see him out there, would not. He's tall. (laughs) Yeah, he is. He is tall. And now that I know him, he has a very unique running form. So when I see him from a distance, I can say like, oh, here he comes because he he runs uh, uniquely. One of the men who's in my book, Rodney Johnson, uh, sits on the back of his uh, Jeep Cherokee and knows everybody, sees everybody. And so uh, he stopped Slim Thug when they went, he was out of the park and said, my friend Stacy's writing a book. Uh, she would like to include you. And so he he gave Rodney, I guess it's like his handler's phone number. Uh, so I didn't have his number, uh, but I had some someone who was in contact with him. Uh, so it was kind of funny because I was at my daughter's swim meet uh, one evening 
And the guy texted me and said, hey, he's there now. Can you go meet him now? And I said, oh, I'm at my, my daughter's swim meet. And so my husband said, just go. You may never get another chance to meet him. I said, I might miss one of her events. Um, anyway, so uh, left the swim meet and went, uh, met him there. He had just finished running. And so he went in the tennis center and got a smoothie. And then he and I just walked on the trail for probably two miles, went out a mile and back. And so normally I had a photographer, but I didn't have a chance to schedule a photographer or anything. So the <laughs> picture in my book is with my phone. Uh, it was the only picture in the book that I uh, used my phone to take the picture. Um, but that's okay. He was uh, very gracious with his time. And uh, just like everybody else out there, he enjoys being at the park. He said he drives past several parks in Pearland to get to Memorial Park, but uh, just uh, prefers to be there. And it was funny while we were walking and I was talking to him, um, you know, several people did recognize him and waved at him or whatever. And he just kind of nod and keep on going. But nobody ever like, you know, stopped him and said, could I have your autograph or anything? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is a trail. It's trail. I'll ask mm-hmm. you about one more that I thought was really cool. Was Crystal, I'm not sure how to pronounce her name. Was it had not? Had not uh-huh, yeah. uh, she slipped and fell at work. The way she fell, it paralyzed her. And she was told she would never uh, walk again. And then she finally taught herself to walk through Pilates um, and then um, was walking with a cane, but decided that that wasn't sexy. And so she decided she was going to work uh, until she could start walking on her own um, and then started running just through that, just out of determination. Uh, She's there every morning now. Uh, But it was also funny to me that she said she was intimidated to go to the park at the beginning. And so she thought she had to be fast to run at the park. And so for a long time, she went to Herman Park. And when she finally built up to two miles, then she told herself that she was in good enough shape to go to Memorial Park. Yes, she went from being told she would never walk again to doing marathons and everything in between. Yeah, it was crazy. You know, she quit her job and her friends thought she was crazy maybe it's because her her mom unfortunately mm-hmm. passed early and now she's on tv being interviewed mm-hmm. yep. yep yep as a health expert right right beautiful she's beautiful physically but also just personally uh she is just a sweet encourager of so many people who she has helped over the years um and using her testimony to help other people um, who are probably struggling with not anything close to what she uh, has experienced, but just to encourage them and to train them um, and to help the community. She's like you said, she's um, on TV quite a bit or on the radio also. So just a, a great uh, ambassador for um, the community. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, there's so many legends, of course, Al Lawrence, Callum Neff, mm-hmm. and hurrah. Mm-hmm. But what was what was one of, or maybe one of the most interesting or surprising interviews that really kind of went, wow, I can't believe they're a runner, or I can't believe their story, or just okay. off the top of your head? Because it's hard to sure, pick yeah. a favorite, I'd yeah, imagine. Yeah. Um, I, I would say the one I'm asked about most is what people, the man people call the guy with the shirt, um, Nolan. And so he has the white shirt that's basically falling apart. It's in basically like threads hanging off his uh, shoulders. He has run in the same outfit for almost 30 years now. Um, And so people ask me about him quite often. And I usually say 
his stories in the book. You have to buy the book. Uh, just, you know, remembering back to when I interviewed him, sitting at the, in front of the tennis center at one of those tables that used to be there. They're not there anymore, but he, he scheduled a time to sit there and, and meet with him. Uh, and I just kept sitting there thinking, I can't believe I'm sitting in front of the tennis center with Mystery Man. <laughs> That's a nickname for a Mystery Man. Um, anyway, so that was just a sweet culmination of everything. I kept thinking like, oh, I sure hope he agrees to be included because I would be disappointed if I didn't find out what his story is about his shirt. You are in the Houston Running Zone. We've got the runs. But also, I would say uh, Dan Black's story. Um, he is a very soft-spoken man, um, has, was a band teacher his whole career, so just a normal guy. Uh, but he had a story of um, being diagnosed with uh, cancer in 2012. Um, and he said for a long time he was very sick, but he didn't really care because he was running so well. He was PRing, and so his wife kept fussing at him to go to the doctor, but he said he just kept ignoring her because he was running well, and that was all that mattered in life at that time. And so finally, he did end up going to the doctor, was diagnosed with cancer. He was told he would need to have a surgery for uh, his esophagus. And so then he also had qualified for the New York City Marathon. And so he begged his doctor to delay the surgery until after he could run the New York City Marathon. And sure enough, it was the year that it got canceled because of the storm. And so he said he flew back to Houston. And the very next morning, he went to Memorial Park and set up a water station on the front of his car and started making his way around the park to do his own marathon. Um, and I guess I was just struck that you know, you have no idea what people are going through who are out there on the trail. Uh, this poor man who had spent the last year uh, training for this race and then going through all this uh, drama with the cancer, and he's out there because he wants to do a marathon before his surgery. Anyway, it struck me that he could have done all that in the first place, but also just uh, he was out there all by himself doing this huge personal feat that I don't think anybody else knew about. Yeah, I think it humbles us. Uh, like, oh, what did I complain about? Oh, they forgot pickles yep. on my sandwich or, you know, yep. whatever. Yep. <laughs> like, really? <Yep. laughs> we yep. got people that are, you know, finding cancer, wanting to run a marathon. Oh, my yep. goodness. That's gracious. Mm -hmm. Well, I do want to get your story. Before I forget, what's the best way for them to pick up the book? Website, peopleofmemorialpark.com. Um, the books are there. And any book that's ordered there, I'd sign it and uh, mail it to you. Terrific. You're still signing. I got mine signed, yes. so I was pretty happy about that. Yes. <laughs> well, I do want to touch really quickly on your story because your story is in the book. But before I go to your story, I, I'm not sure where I saw it, but maybe it was on your personal page. Do, do your kids and your, your daughters and your husband, are they still doing like a running streak or how long was their running streak going for? Um, so we met a man or um, I met a man out at the park in November 2016 um, who was on a running streak heard his story and came home and told my husband and my daughters. And I said, doesn't that inspire you? Don't, don't you want to do that? They said, yes. Uh, and so they, this is totally on their own, what they made up their own rule. Um, but they decided they were going to do a mile a day um, and their mile has to be less than 12 minutes. And so it can't, 
you know, you could maybe walk a little bit, but for the most part, it has to be running. Um, and so they started November 28, 2016, and they're still going strong now, almost four and a half years later. Um, oh my goodness. <laughs> they've done at least a mile every day. My oldest daughter now um, runs for her high school, and so she's doing a lot more than a mile a day on most days. And then my youngest and my husband last year did two half marathons. So for a little while, they did a mile a day, more than a mile a day. Um, but now they're just back to the mile a day. Uh, but that's much more dedicated than I certainly have been. Um, it's just part of who they are now. And so they schedule it. My youngest daughter used to kind of procrastinate and say, oh, let's do it in an hour. And no, you know, uh, but now um, usually... She's homeschooled, and so she's here with me, and then my husband's working from home for the last year now because of COVID. Um, so usually in the morning, she'll come down and ask my husband first thing, when do you want to run today? And nine times out of ten, it's, let's go now. They have celebrated in the beginning. My husband took them for ice cream at 30 days and then bought them a new pair of shoes at 60 days and then you know just did things to celebrate the different milestones. Uh, but now... I don't think they did anything for the four-year anniversary back in November. Uh, it's just like brushing your teeth. They just get their mile in every day. Yeah, but that's even through people have asked, like, like every day? You mean every day? It's like, yes, that's what a streak is. It's every day. So they have done it, you know, in, in the freeze in February and Harvey and uh, everything in between. Every day. In uh, one time when uh, we went to visit my aunt and uncle who live in Africa, the ride home by by the time we had all the layovers was 36 hours. And so the girls ran in the London airport uh, and a security guard came up to them and said, why do you keep going up and down? And they said, well, we have to run a mile. And I was sitting there with our suitcases while they were running back and forth in the airport terminal. Uh, and the security guard just kind of looked at them and shrugged and kept on walking. Oh, wow. That's awesome. You're definitely inspiring them. And I, I find it, if whether it's run, workout, do it with my daughter as well. If you do it in the morning, it really gets your brain going. It's awesome. Yep. Yep. <laughs> now, your story, you were a runner in college and you obviously continued, but you're kind of like a, a health story. So I'm thinking if you could share you know, kind of briefly to really inspire people that you shouldn't let some of these health challenges kind of hold you back from, you know, being your best. Now, obviously you're more competitive than most people as well. So that has something to do with it, but you didn't let um, your health, you know, hold you back. Uh, when I was 10 years old in 1986, I was diagnosed with type one diabetes. Uh, my dad also has type one diabetes. So I grew up watching him take shots and check his blood sugar um, and he began running when I was probably four or five, um, just as a way to try and control his disease. And so I grew up watching my dad manage his disease and exercise. Um, so to me, it wasn't really, it wasn't a consideration to not exercise, I guess, as far as an, using diabetes as an excuse. And so since then, when when I was first diagnosed and really for the first uh, 20 years, uh, I had to take shots several times a day and uh, check my blood sugar several times a day. Uh, but the technology has improved tremendously, especially in the last 20 years. Um, so in 2000, 2004, I got an insulin pump, which 
made me not uh, allowed me to not have to take shots anymore. Um, and in the last year, there's a new glucose monitor that um, monitors my blood sugar all the time and communicates with the insulin pump. And so, anyway, it's very convenient for the disease. Um, it doesn't mean it's easy all the time still. I still have high blood sugar and low blood sugar. But through all of it, even you know, before the pump, when the technology wasn't there to make it as easy, it's just figuring it out. And so there were many days when I had to quit workouts because especially when my blood sugar got low, but it doesn't mean you don't show up again tomorrow and try again. I think that's the same with anybody that um, it, it's not easy for many of us. I'm certainly not the only one. Uh, we all have problems, uh, but it doesn't mean you quit. And so I've, um, been successful in general with my running, have loved to run and have um, done well, but it is about more than the performance of this, at the race. It's about the lifestyle and uh, the people and um, being, being healthy. Oh yeah. That's great. And I'll ask you one more because I have to ask you about the world record. Um, you were in college, I believe, and they did the, is it 100 mile 100 by one mile. You were like leg, uh, you're the late nineties leg, right? 99. Yeah. Did they approach you or you're like, I saw it. And you're like, I want to do it. Or how did that work out? So that was put on by hurrah Houston area road runners association. And, uh, they, they reached out to everyone. As far as I know, I, I don't know the logistics behind how it all got organized. Somebody reached out to me and said, could you run? Um, and there were several other girls who were running for University of Houston at the time. And I think Rice and a few in high school who also ran. So uh, at the time, I was going to school at the University of Texas in San Antonio. And so I asked my coach, it was on a Saturday. I asked my coach, I said, these people asked me if I could run a mile. And uh, it's going to be Saturday morning at Memorial Park. And so he said, well, you can do it, but you still have to work out with us in the morning. I said, okay. And so that morning, if you're familiar with uh, West San Antonio, there's a little town called Holotus that's just outside of San Antonio. And so we were doing a tempo run on the hills of Holotus that morning. Uh, so I did an eight-mile tempo run uh, that Saturday morning with my team. And then my sweet mom had driven to San Antonio, and she drove me back to Houston and so that's why I was number 99. They wanted to, the runner 100 be the lady who was the president of the hurrah at the time. She was number 100, but they gave me number 99 because I told them I had to work out with my team in San Antonio that morning. I basically, it was perfect timing. I got out of the car and my leg was like five away. And so I just barely made it to uh, do a few strides to warm up and then grab the baton and take off. Uh, and your mile time was under six. What was it? Hey, yeah, I think 508. I, I ended oh up with the, the fastest time of the day uh, for the ladies. Uh, and that Memorial Park quarter mile track is not the best, uh, to say it nicely. <laughs> yeah, especially back then. <laughs> anyway, so uh, definitely I that ran well. And when I got back to San Antonio, my coach said, I thought you said you were going to take it easy. I said, oh, there's something about Memorial Park. It makes me run fast. But I will say the next day, so I, I went home and spent the night uh, at my home in Houston uh, Saturday night. And then the next day, of course, as I always do, 
I was driving back to San Antonio and I made a point to stop at Memorial Park to run before I got back to San Antonio. And I could, <laughs> I could barely pick up my legs. I wanted to do a long run that day. Normally on Sundays we did long runs, but I think I made it six miles and said, I'm done. Oh, awesome. Well, yes, I'll definitely share the links to get the book and also to your social media because you continue to share new stories. Don't worry, I'll, I'll reach out to your husband and, and make him tell you you need to write a sequel to the book, <laughs> another uh, collection. <laughs> I've been asked many times. Oh, yeah. Well, before I let you go, I ask you three questions. It's a lightning round. It's really not lightning. You just have to answer the three questions and we end up yapping okay. about it. But all right, you ready? Yes. All right, cool. Question number one, your favorite race distance? Half marathon. Oh, yeah. Nice. Question number two, your favorite non-memorial park trail? Probably Central Park in New York, but for the same reason as Memorial Park. It's yeah. uh, people out there are fun. Yeah, that, that is everything. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. That place is crazy. And, of course, question number three, your dream runcation. We talked about this the other day at dinner. I asked my girls, like, if you could have the best day in your life and plan it from the morning till the evening, what would you do? Uh, and so, of course, mine included uh, waking up and running. So I would say runcation. I would love to go back to New York City and do the New York City Marathon. I would say for sure Houston is uh, the best marathon as far as how it's managed. But I loved the crowds in New York City and just how we traveled around. Um, and I would love to go up there and run and uh, spend time in the Northeast when the uh, leaves are changing colors. Uh, it's all something I've been saying I want to do for the last few years and just haven't made a point to do it. Oh, yeah. So uh, we go to all the boroughs. And yeah, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Houston is the most underrated. I think they just need to market the convention center that you get to use yeah. Yeah. before yeah. and after. That is, mm-hmm. I haven't done a lot, but that that makes a huge difference for me. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've done New York City, I've done Boston, and the convention center in Houston always makes me say Houston is the best. Once again, thank you so much uh, for spending time. I know your daughter's heading up to attract me. Definitely want you mm-hmm. to be able to say goodbye to her unless she magically waved because, you know, teenagers. Thank you. Appreciate you. This podcast is free. All we ask is if you know somebody that could use this information, please share it with them. And if you use Apple Podcasts, if you could rate us and leave us a quick review, that would be amazing. And if you want to be the first to find out about upcoming weekly episodes, simply hit the subscribe, follow, plus button, however your podcast platform works. More importantly, looking forward to sharing another episode next week. Thanks for visiting the Houston Running Zone. If you know someone you'd like to be featured in the zone, go to thehoustonrunningzone.com and send us a message. Until next week, always remember, Houston, we've got the runs.